Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. Do you know who's a great bunch of lads? Us. At Levi Solicitors oh, is the answer. Damn it, I was so close. Uh, yeah, ten percent discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Uh, Dan Moylan with you, along with Michael Normanton and Moscow White as well. Daniel Chapman. Uh, this is propaganda. Then we we find out what's being said about Leeds United. Uh, this is the cold light of day show, isn't it? After we we shoot from the hip on the match ball with no notes really to speak of, and we uh, react just memories, to, just memories, yeah, instant memories, and recall in a like garbled a fashion. Polaroid. Yes. And now this is triple print. Correct. It, except it would be if I'd watched the game again, which I sometimes do. Mm. Not this one. No, I haven't even... Absolutely uh, fucked this game. It was awful the first time around. I didn't even watch Match of the Day. Just oh, I did watch Match of the Day. I rejected. Was it any good? Uh, the Manchester derby was quite fun. <laughs> right. I didn't enjoy our game as much, no. if, I'm, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, yeah, so we get our TSB Plus members to give us their feedback on the match ball, on the game, um, score the players out of 10 and all that. So... The, uh, the man of the match for this one, uh, the headline on this one, duh, duh, duh. It was close. It was, yeah, it was close, actually. There were four people in contention. Melier, Cooper, Adams and Cock. Cock came out on top with a score of, of 6.81. Jesse Marsh getting only 5.33 in the manager scores. We've got lots of exciting other scores to come, including that of uh, Stuart Atwell. Mm. We'll, we'll get round to all that and some of the other uh, significant headline makers in this game. Um, in terms of the voice messages that we ask our TSB Plus members to send in, thank you for all the ones that you did. Most of them are unusable, according to Levi solicitors. So uh, we've had to pare those down a little bit because, well, we don't want to get shut down, do we? So let's start off then on the um, on the general vibes. We'll get around to who's leading the Player of the Year tracker towards the back end of this episode. Uh, what is the general vibe then? Ref was shit, mm. as were we. <laughs> it's, the, it's more or less the general vibe. There are some positives as well, but um, I suppose that's confirmation bias on my part that that's what I took from it because that was more or less my opinion it's the the Villa perspective we'll be hearing later the, the ref was shit but no the ref was good sorry ref was good. we were good Stu was good mm. Mm. Uh, yeah so it's a shit game in general this is what House of Stouts had to say on the matter isn't the championship fun that felt as close to a vintage Leeds game as I can recall um, I was watching that on a uh, dodgy stream here in New York because they don't get the channel but you know, that might as well have been Millwall refereed by Darren England. I think people might be misremembering how little fun the championship was as well. I think people think it was fun because we won it. I don't think he was trying to argue it was fun. I think he was mm. saying Millwall refereed by Darren England was a dreadful experience. Yeah, we may as well have been in the championship in the, the, the dregs of it. Okay. You were, you're misrepresenting an entire house of stoats. So, and they, stouts. Imagine... <laughs> Imagine, is it Stouts or Stouts? I thought it was Stouts. Well, imagine an entire house full of drunk Stouts. Yes. Mm. You know the difference between a, a weasel and a Stout, isn't it? That there's one Stouts are weaselly recognisable and the others are 
that's totally different. Anyway, there was times in it when it did feel quite championshipy, not just the ref, but the ball was just kind of knocking from one team to the other and nobody really getting it down. And I, uh, I was cast back to some of the, the more miserable mid-table championship games. I guess mid-table anywhere is not going to be great, but there's the raised expectations of the Premier League where I think this game fell slightly short of um, what you want from your Super Sunday 4.30pm after a month away. Yes, and um, Jason Kavanagh, Kavanagh, which are we going for? It's up to you. Jason, get in touch, let us know. Uh, disciplinary record, we reckon we've got disciplinary problems. Three red cards in 19 games under Marsh, four if you include Marsh's himself. Yeah, it's, it's not looking great, you have to say. And Sinistera, I that, mean, I've, I've watched daft it back. on it. It was daft. I mean, the, the one thing, we'll, we'll get onto the referee. I did, later, by the way, I said on the match ball, I didn't remember his first one, I do now, having thought and about it. it. I don't. I still don't think that needed a yellow. No. I think it was because he, he... It was he fucking was a, McGinn going down trying to get someone booked. McGinn yeah. was determined to get someone booked from the moment he was booked and he was going down under every tackle. If he stays up or just stumbles a bit, he doesn't get booked for I, that. I and think was, he, he yellowed him because there was no attempt to play the ball and he tripped him. I think. He's, just running he after, could, he's just running after him, yeah. I think. I think both decisions were kind of discretionary. And the first one, um, if you'd not given a yellow card, nobody would have ever thought about that foul mm. ever again. Nobody would have remembered it. Nobody would have been bringing it up saying, well, why wasn't that a yellow card? Nobody would have cared. I've been going back and forth in my mind as to whether this matters, but he's a winger. Like, and what you're trying to achieve by booking him is kind of to stop this. You're trying to put a stop to serious foul play. You know, if Sinistera had done that three times, then you maybe bring a card out and say, look, you're obviously this is a habit. But if a winger makes a clumsy tackle after 20 minutes on the edge of Villa's penalty area, what does a yellow card really achieve what's the point don't give them to us well, and then, and then give them to them but not us I feel that way about the the second one as well because I made the mistake of seeing Roy Keane and Micah Richards talking about it on Sky and there was almost this air of glee it was like there you see that's against the rules get off the Roy Keane was don't moan about it get down the tunnel like well, what what do we really gain from like a really good player who does one clumsy foul and then sticks his leg out at a free kick and now he doesn't just miss the second half of this game, but he's not even going to be allowed on the pitch at Crystal Palace because of this terrible things that he's done in this game. Right, right, I mean, Roy Keane noted for accepting referees' decisions, with, you know, without any argument. I mean, the hypocrisy is is definitely one factor of it. But it's just, you know, it's these things where, especially because the Atwell gave the Villa players a chance well, every the, single time, I mean, the, and the, Sinistera did it one one tackle, one incident of um, stopping a free kick. Off. I think what you're saying is it's not fair. The one where Sinister was not booked, fair. The free kick he blocked as well. If you watch what the free kick was initially given for as well, it's the softest shit you've ever yeah. seen. It's it's Louise running away from someone and just falling over. So if both yellow cards shouldn't have been yellow well, cards. Well, it shouldn't have been a free kick in the first. He shouldn't. Sinister shouldn't have had to block that free kick because it shouldn't have been a free kick. Good. Let's hear from. Uh, well, from I won't say the name because he introduces himself. Hey, up, Bobby Eyebrows here. Let's just think about it in a really positive light. The positivity. Let's think about positive. Positive vibes. Positive vibes are we didn't lose. Positive vibes are we didn't lose. Positive vibes are we didn't lose. I don't think there's any more positive vibes. But we didn't lose, so that's all right. Uh, Other than that, it was absolute shite. (laughs) Like, bollocks, shite. Fucking hairy knackers and that shite. Anyway, um, see ya. Bye, <laughs> Bobby Eyebrows. Have we found out where Bobby Eyebrows is actually from now? Because we we thought the sort of a 
a Middlesbrough kind of vibe about the voice. Yeah, I think Middlesbrough and Whitby were speculated about, weren't they? But yeah. yeah, he's from Rothwell, but has been living in Newcastle for over 20 years. So that's why he's, so he's, he's, he's developed mid- his mongrel accent. Midway through. So yeah, he's, he's somewhere he's somewhere around the T's at the moment. If he, if he stay, stays in Newcastle, it'll creep up, I guess. I enjoyed the positivity. Yes, and I did note that. I did note it. We need some wins, says Peter V. No win in the league since the 21st of August. I mean, admittedly, you know, we had... Uh, well, we've had a month off, haven't we? So well, yeah. quite hard to win when you're not playing. It's like when they uh, they include these stats over summer. You get a commentator will <laughs> say, "Oh, they've it's been six months since so and so scored," and you think, "Well, three of them there was no games or whatever." I was so. going to say you saw that with the, the form guide after we got promoted again. Like Leeds haven't won against Liverpool in fifteen years, or whatever twenty years. <laughs> haven't, beaten, well, haven't won at Brentford for fifty years because they were in Division Four. Yes, let's um, rattle through some of the other thoughts. Then there was. Themes around coping with shithousing, the lack of fluidity in attack, and uh, we did have some defensive positives, though, however. I think that fits with... You've, we moved on from Peter V's point uh, very quickly, just decided he was bang wrong <laughs> and moved on. We do need some wins, but we haven't lost, and I think that fits... The thing with... Um, lost against Brentford. We haven't, yeah. we haven't lost for a month, though. <laughs> we haven't lost for unbeaten here for, in, for um, a month. In that one game, we didn't lose. I'm trying. I'm still yeah. on Bobby Eyebrows positive. No, well, Cooper. Vibes. Cooper said it in the post match, didn't he? He said, you know, under those circumstances, all right, if we're not going to win and it's backs to the wall, we make sure we don't lose, yeah. which is what we all took out of it in the end. And let's face it, the the, um, the crowd applauded the team off at the end. And where it sort of creeps over into coping with shit housing and the lack of fluidity in attack, which seems to be the the theme of what everybody's talking about with Leeds since the game. Um, a lot of that, I'm. I think time might help us in this because our attack is that was Sinistera's second start in the league really and his is first with uh, his first with Rodrigo because he had Gelhart started at um, Brentford didn't he and we've not had Bamford in there we've had um, Sinistera and Aronson were both away for the last two weeks we've only played seven games and I think a lot of what looks like this kind of thing's not quite clicking together going forward it's still even though it is October early in the season with a lot of new players trying to click so I've got some optimism that this gets better um, the more we do it and if we get some you know we've got an actual month of football before we have to take another two off um, maybe it's 2023 when this all starts to look good but um, some of um, Marsh's preferable preference for football is kind of we don't do slow build up and we don't keep the ball so it's it's all about kind of winning the ball high and then these sharp, quick moments to, to get in. And those need the players to be kind of quite instinctively know where each other is. And, you know, if Sinistera has literally never played a first team game of football with Rodrigo in his entire life, then it's not going to be 100% straight off yeah. from, the, from the start. So, PT picks, well, PT picks up and it says we appear to get three players close together and then ping it around until we lose the ball to the opposition. And they do play in tight areas because they do lots of rondos, don't they, in pre-season mm. training, which is the small circles where they tap it around each other. I mean, that was the problem at the end of last season when, you know, I guess, going back to the previous game against Villa, when you really they did look at us and go, what the fuck are we actually trying to do it? Because it was just everyone stood on each other's feet in the middle of the pitch and no one out wide whatsoever. So it is a bit like that. And when it doesn't work, it looks pretty awful yeah. at points. Whether the tactics are actually any good long-term is mm. kind of a... A different thing. Certainly, we saw against Chelsea what they're capable of, but getting that consistency and getting it to actually look as good as it could look, I think there's still some time um, to blend this in. And yeah, so Sinistera having only started two matches because he's had that kind of 
He did the one in the League Cup as well, and he's had some sub appearances. But the kind of, I think Marsh said the other week that the one thing they've been working on with him is getting his fitness because he's never known fitness like what Leeds need from a player. He's never been asked to do that before. So that's another thing as well is like when Sinistera gets fully Premier League fit and the naivety that player, people like Roy Keane seem to be reveling in him. Um, that's the other thing that annoyed me about it. It's like his second game in the Premier League. There's this. There was a feeling with the way Keane was talking. It's like as if we've we've we caught him out. We got him, sent him off, showed him what's you know we can't do that in this league. And um, you know, for a, a young man playing his second game, felt a bit. Um, Roy Keane's mean. he's always he's always going to find something to get angry about, do not he? Yeah. It's all that letter of the law business, and well, he's got to learn you can't do that. And it's like, well, you know, he can do things that lots of other players in this league can't do, like beat seven players and shoot into the net bang, pinging off the crossbar and beautifully and dazzling with skills and stuff. No, but he's got to learn not to dangle a leg out at a free kick. You bore me, people. You just bore me. But um, <laughs> the more games he plays, the better he'll get. And I, I hope, hopefully... Um, not being suspended would help. It, it would, which is the other pain of it. Um, I don't know how many more games Jack Harrison needs to play better than he did on uh, Sunday, but maybe that's just a, a blip. And also trying to get that unit together because that's where all the new players are, essentially. Um, if you look at who... Played well at the back. Stroit, Cooper, Cock, Melier. They've been here for ages. And then in front of them, it is Adams and Rocker, brand new. Aronson's new. Sinister is brand new. Rodrigo, very old. So there's a lot of... Um, <laughs> very old. The attacking players were basically all badly rated this, yeah. this weekend. When you look at it, I think um, Sinister was bottom, but then you had like Jackie and Rodrigo with the next two on there. So Yeah, Sinister got 4.67 out of 10. Which but- on his actual performance, he did... He was, did some of our best bits. Yeah, Rodrigo got sent off. Rodrigo 5.53, Bamford 6.16. Uh, but just let's go back to the other end and just mention the, the defensive positives, actually. Atwell is a biased, brummy character, suggests that, I mean, is this damning him with faint praise? But Furpo was surprisingly okay. <laughs> Although he did score 5.38, which was the second lowest on the team. I mean, and this is the few people going to say that the, it was better defensively, but I sort of think they still had too many chances. I know it was against 10 men it's always going to be difficult but, but what, what did you expect though when we went down to 10 uh, but, I don't know the Coutinho one where it hit the inside of the post and then it goes back to Watkins and for some reason he uses these do you use left and he should use his right or something mm, he, he just completely he just completely fucks it up anyway and ends up sort of two foot stamping on the ball and it just looks really untidy but there was that chance there was Watkins just threw on goal a couple of times and I'll, repeat, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat the question though what did you expect when we were down to 10 men and we went to 5 at the back which worked by the way people picked that out Yeah, as Stephen points it out um, Jake's in Florida as well points out that the the width worked when we went to five at the back because it gave us, you know, the, the fullbacks were able to then try and counteract um, Villa's width. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing is when you get somebody sent off two minutes into the second half, whatever it was, it's over as a contest, isn't it, really? Yeah. To all is. intents and purposes and you know you're going to be on the back foot and I think, obviously, going five at the back does then invite them on and you're going to sit deeper but I thought we coped with it all right, I think, under the circumstances. I think so. I mean, we get we'll talk about the attack momentum graph that's from SofaScore, and the second half is just Aston Villa. Like from you can see the opening minutes of it, there's basically not much happening. Then Sinister is sent off, and then it is just Aston Villa to varying degrees of pressure. But they didn't look. Yeah, they weren't. It's not like they were carving out a good chance every two or three minutes. Like when we've when we played against Man City or Liverpool last year, for example, and they were battering us, and every time you, they went forward, they were having a clear shot on goal. Yeah. It was nothing like that. But then Villa are nothing like as good as that. So Yeah, I mean, the Watkins one was stoppage time, wasn't it, that really upset Steve Gerrard, which mm. he got some good, some uh, handbag-style woos from the West End <laughs> when he kicked a, a bottle away. And then the Coutinho one, you know, that's 
a very good player making a, a very good chance, um, but pinging it off the bar, off the post anyway. And yeah, they were threatening apart from that, but we were we were about as safe as we could be mm. with ten players. And given that we're um, con- constantly conceding possession as well in doing that, which is why I'm surprised that um, Atwell as a, bri- a bias Bromley thought Furpo was good because I um, I don't have any particular. I would like Furpo to be to burst through this season to and be, be brilliant. Better. Yeah, to be better. Um, but I was watching him on Sunday thinking, this is dreadful. He picked up on one bit of danger really well that nobody else had spotted. And I was like, oh, that's good. And then he just booted the ball straight to John McGinn. I was like, fucking hell, Junior, come on. Well, and there were a couple of that where his um, his head just didn't seem on it. I, I don't know what was up him, with him. But he doesn't, he's, he's football, he's a bit brainless footballing wise, isn't he? He's a Labrador. Yeah. <laughs> a Labrador just, with a balloon. Just, just chasing a ball around. And he's, occasionally it looks all right, but then. I mean, it summed up in pre-season where, in the Blackpool game where you're watching thinking, Furpo looks good here and then someone yeah. ran at him and it just... I mean, he's, he is just... It just it looks so effortless. It to is go the first, he is putting the first minutes in his legs this season. And you want, so I want to at least give him that, you, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you know, to see how he gets on. Sol, actually, before we get into individual players, does a good roundup kind of a, of uh, the whole thing. It's a jumble of good points this has been labelled as. Melier the flappy spider, Furpo random header generator, Crescenzio's uh, struggle to get involved, has Marsh's own aggression poisoned the mind of our pure young boys and got them copying him to our detriment, has Rodrigo reverted to software version 1.0, and does Yank Badger have to get hurt before he gets any protection from Yank-hating refs? He right. did get battered about the old uh, Brendan. We have, a, we have a clip on this, actually. Oh, we do, do we? Should we get into Aronson then? He's got 5.96 out of 10, by the way, and his, his average score over the season is... Uh, Gradually dropping off now, but he's still performing well in the old player of the year stakes. This is Isaac. As long as we're piling on with the referee's uneven application of the laws of the game, um, how about Brendan Aronson's repeated brutalizing throughout this game? He took so many blows to the lower leg. I can't imagine how he's going to feel just walking tomorrow. And, you know, yes, one of them was a legitimate tackle. Um but he got hit over and over and over, very close to yellow cards, over and over. And I think at some point you just gotta you gotta call someone on the team. Well, yeah, that might have you know just been a foul, but your team has been kicking the shit out of him all game. And can somebody please mess up Steven Gerrard's fucking hair? <laughs> I don't think it moves. No, no, no. I don't think it moves. Yeah, on that, I think Villa were quite cute in that they they walked that line very, very well from a, from a cynical point of view. It was a lot more of kind of a, it's, it's game, not gamesmanship, you know what I mean? Like the, the yeah, game, I think quickmanship. I, yeah. I think Aronson does go down fairly easily. But when you look at, for example, the, the free kick that led to Sinistera blocking it, Aronson had hundreds of those, it felt like. Mm. It felt like every time he got the ball, someone kicked him to that degree and we never got a free kick for it. Mm. Whereas it felt like every time Villa did it, because John McGinn was man-marking the ref and, telling him what to do for most of the game. Speaking of clicky then, um, Eldrick points out that uh, he's the best shit house ever, which was excellent. We did touch on this on the match ball, so we don't necessarily need to repeat it. But just he, when he does it, you know what he's doing. You can see him doing it and it winds people up and it's great. And so it, again, good when we do it, bad when they do it. But it absolutely it. shines a light on how fucking useless referees are because they don't know what mm. to, they, they, can't, they can't deal with things that are slightly outside of the norm because he's doing weird stuff. And treading a line that they just they don't quite know what to do with it. He just gets away with it. I mean that it all feeds into Atwell not remembering that he'd booked Sinistera. Mm. And I think the way he deals with different players definitely comes into part of it because he seemed terrified of Click, which is bizarre because I mean who matches Click is, you know, coming off the bench for Leeds United, he's not um a superstar of world football and yet something about him he just had this power over Atwell where he just like, he did, he just could not 
deal with him. And I did he had it, in fact, it was Atwell in the Chelsea game as well, where again, Click came on and just and did about three yellow card offences in five minutes and Atwell just let him go away with it. his brain. And it's the same with like, Mings gets a talking to, you know, England international, former captain of, of Aston Villa, Sinistera. He's never seen him play before in his life, so just, just book him, doesn't matter. I think Click could do with taking Tyler Adams for some one-on-one education on how to do the, the clickmanship because when um, uh, it was referred to in that big roundup from Sol about has Marsh does his aggression poison the young players mind I don't know if it comes from um, Jesse Marsh but I think Tyler Adams is one he, I keep looking at him in games like this it's been a question of how we deal with teams like Aston Villa when they come and try and slow us down and his response seems to be to get really really angry and to to get in the referee's face in a way that players like McGinn and click have the ability to do it without winding the referee up the way that Adams, I don't know if it's his voice, if it's his face, something about the way he approaches them seems to rub them up the, the wrong way. And he could, um, a little bit like how Marsh was saying after Brentford, it's like, I have to maybe learn that the way I'm dealing with referees on the touchline isn't going to work. Adams, now he's had seven games in the Premier League, maybe he's just have a, a review and go to the clicky and say, look, how do I get in the ear of referees without coming across angry seems to be that he, he lets himself show how angry he is instead of making the point that it's punishment should be the other team so he attracts attention to how angry and antsy and aggressive he's being rather than the opposition while he's yeah, trying yeah. to highlight that in yeah, the opposition yeah. and it's it's you know it's a bad adaptation to the the Premier League but he he stands out for it and I think when we are dealing with this uh, for the rest of the season. Those things will hopefully um, click. Is is the perfect player to give him that education, turn him into a the little officer of the, like the dark arts teacher at Hogwarts, exactly. But not the defense against the dark arts. Or maybe so. I mean, I say exactly. I've never, I've never seen, seen or it, read yeah. any of the. Just, just roll with me on it. Anyway, yeah. click, click scored quite highly relative to the rest of the team. Six point six four. Should we hear about the big, even sexier pirate? <laughs> well, that sucked. On a brighter note. Pascal's got even more handsome as if such a thing was possible. Lord, he give me the vapors. <laughs> what did that say? I don't know. He said he was speaking like a, uh, uh, a youth, a southern uh, American, a woman from the American South, saying, Lord, he gives me the vapors. Oh. I was going to say vapors or vipers. <laughs> no, they, they feel very different. A nest of snakes. No, it, could be sexy, it could be sexy, though. They do love a good pit viper, though, don't they? In, uh... In the deep south. He's talking about fainting onto a, a, ah, okay. a couch of some kind. So yeah. that's that. And yeah, he's looking great. <laughs> <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. But, and, and Luke Ayling bringing his own air of mystery on the mm. other side now as well. Pat Bamford's hair is the other thing. It was, um, I think it was Liam Cooper the other week referred to. He says that Bamford's target seems to be an Ayling style man bun. I don't know if he's kind of trying to emulate Harland, but um, is he having a midlife crisis already? It's getting it's getting longer and longer. I mean, thirty's not that far off for him. Maybe he's got that looming on the horizon. He's panicking a little bit. I don't. know, I'm looking at you, Michael. <laughs> and I'm really. Uh, I'm up for it. I would love to see. Bamford like really grow it to strike length and then Jesus. do whatever it'd be awful. He does next. It would be great. I mean, also, I mean, even if it is awful, it would be great to see. He's hugely injury prone as well. He'd probably end up catching it in some bloody machinery and ripping his scalp off or something. <laughs> I think he should he should keep it nice and safe. That Industrial accident. Or a hairnet, maybe. That was the biggest kind of groan of all in um, uh, Marsh's post-match press conference where he's like, I didn't tell you this, but because I didn't want it to be a story, which he did absolutely the right thing of not mentioning it pre-match. But he had a little bit of a knock, so he didn't train all week. So, for God's sake, we didn't even play for a month. What has he done? And we really, really need. Because you saw when Bamford came on, when he got the ball, charges into the penalty area, he made a uh, chance for himself where he had the shot that was saved, and he made the chance for Click that, to be fair, it was a great tackle from McGinn, got back to stop him. But you saw how, in what we're trying to do, Bamford can be really good, but he can't be really good if he can't just put a week of training together I don't know how you solve it to just I wonder, I wonder how many full weeks he's been fit in the past 12 months because it, it really can't be very many I just feel like a, appealing to him just grabbing him by the hair and just saying stay fit I don't know how else you do it what else do you do to somebody to just get that he's, I'm sure he knows so I'm not telling himself any, telling him anything he's he made know. of candy floss isn't he but he didn't used to be I mean he had those big he had the two big injuries in his first season but that was both ACL wasn't it it was like bad knee injuries not just general fitness, but he just seems to never be able to get it. And, you know, I don't think that's a permanent thing, but I don't know. You, get, it... you do get one injury leading to another, though, don't you? Yeah. It's, um, I was listening to former Leeds United striker Malcolm Christie, in fact, on, the, on a podcast, basically saying how when he got, he started getting injuries and then he was just fucked. It was just one thing led into another mm-hmm. and then he retired. So good luck back, Bamford. <laughs> anyway, on to Jesse himself. Jesse got 5.33. The highlights of the comments that came in from Jim saying, apparently we have a terrible manager, which uh, I think is. Probably open to debate at this stage. Feels it's a little bit early. Unfair. A little bit early to cast that I judgment mean, he, on it. He managed this game well from uh, the press box because the the changes to go five at the back were exactly what we needed and worked. Yeah. Um, and whether um, and then yeah, we're still it's you know patience is um, it's hard to find. But last season was the end of it was all well. It's not his players. He's working with the squad that he's inherited. So what do we expect? It can only be be so good. And um, and to be fair, after we played. Villa last season which was probably the worst performance like it felt like the worst performance Leeds have put in for years 
we were never that bad again. It gradually kind of, it bobbed along and we got through. This year, he's got his players in, but he's barely, you know, he's had seven games with them. So to like making any kind of like, he's terrible. Give him a Bruno Large, Scotty Parker letter at this point. Cooper, Cooper's hanging on. Yeah. And Cooper's had untold millions of pounds to spend. Well, he's had untold millions of players. I don't know how much they've actually spent. Before we came on air, Michael, what was the tweet you mentioned about Cooper that you'd seen? <laughs> it was ages ago, sorry, but it just always makes you laugh that he looks like a man who's constantly just got out of a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> you love it. Uh, let's get around to the, the moment we've all been waiting for, which was uh, the Stuart Atwell chat. Stuart, Stephen Atwell, uh, in this game, scored out of 10, our TSP Plus members, who I think may be a little bit biased towards Leeds, may have affected their scoring. No, I think this is this fair. This is fair, fair. Uh, 0.38 out of 10 average score. Yeah, it's not, um, we don't score to one. It's not decimal places on the score. And no, it's, no. Uh, well, it's, out, it is out of 10. If we were rounding, it would be zero. Yeah. Which is about right. Yes. Somebody, there were a couple of people gave him four. Really? So it's that's why it's abnormally high. Although I did notice one bit of feedback came from someone who subscribes to Squareball Plus and is an Everton fan. I know. That shocked us into silence, did that, didn't it? I was the same. I was like... What? Isn't it, they're American in fairness, so they like hearing about the American players. Right. But even so, pay money to listen to a Leeds United podcast. Great. Right. No, more people should do that, I think. Well, I mean... I think the more people pay to. money to pay to listen to this Leeds, this Leeds United podcast, <laughs> um, the better it can be, um, the easier it is for us to do it, the, the more stuff we can do. It's, a whole, it's, the, mm. it's the magic that holds it together. Yes, so indeed. if you are, um, we, whoever you support, please subscribe. Yeah, and, and the pound's recovering against the dollar a little bit now, so get in there quick before it starts to mm. go. Anyway. Stuart, oh, yeah, there's never been a better time if you are in a, a, the United States and subscribe. We've got so many American players, and we love them all, and we'll keep you updated. Every little thing they do... Oh, stop now. Uh, Stuart Stephen Atwell. We do need the money. It's, his, it's his 40th birthday this week, you know? He turns 40 on Thursday. Should we send him a cake? How do you think he'll celebrate? With the cake that we send him? Is, is, is he, a, visit, well, a visit to Keith Stroud's uh, small holding. What we could... <laughs> What we could do, we could send him a big cake of shit mm. um, that he's forced to consume because that's exactly what happened to us on Sunday. We could like do, you know, return mm. the return the favour. Do you know that he was born in Nuneaton, a mere 22 miles away from Villa Park? You know, I checked that. He's 22 a, miles. Do you know, I, I checked this morning actually, Michael, it's a bit, bit stalkery, but do you know how close you live to Ellen Road? Uh, it's about 16 miles. Fif- it's 15. The shortest route is 15 miles. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of not a million mm. miles away from how far Atwell lives from... Seven born. miles, in fact. Yeah, it's not a huge deal. It's about three quarters-ish. Yeah. Or thereabouts. That's Interesting. And that's close and you're a big Leeds though fan. He's, though he's a, a Luton fan, apparently. Is that right? Though, isn't it? One of that crowd of freaks. Why didn't him and Angus have a little bond over that? Like, oh, come on. Those Luton boys together. A 20th of September 2008. Uh, so he wants to celebrate the anniversary of this fairly recently. He gave the ghost goal to Reading in a game at Watford. Do you remember that? Which was when the line... I was went, watching it. Yeah. Um, it was a guy called Nigel Bannister. Accidentally flagged for a goal oh no I've given a goal instead of giving a corner and Atwell just sort of went just, along with this with John, this madcap scheme yeah ah oh, go on then you can have a goal it is weird watching it but, and also it's worth um, catching up on YouTube as well to watch Chris Kamara describing it on Soccer Saturday because he's making a complete mess of it but in a brilliant Chris Kamara way where he's I think he mistakes Jimmy Kebby for Noel Hunt at one point <laughs> which bear in mind the uh, physical differences between them yeah. it's, it's fairly big yeah. Um, but yeah it's uh, at no point does it ever look like it's gone in it's not like a it's cleared off the line at any point. It's cleared from the touch line at one stage, mm. and that's when the linesman flags for a goal. And having watched that, Stuart Atwell goes, "I'm going to go with it." Yeah, He's seen something I missed. <laughs> He's obviously seen it go between the posts. Would it surprise me to tell you 
Um, would it surprise would you? It, <laughs> if, I'll, I'll try that again. Would it surprise you if I told you? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> would it surprise you if I told you that he was demoted from his position in the referees select group in 2012 just for basically being really bad at his job? And is he basically being promoted again because loads of refs retired? Yes. And they were like, so fucking hell, we just need someone. He was promoted back in about 2014 or 16 or something anyway. Um, it's great. His it's Wikipedia page is worth a look because I wonder who's edited this because apparently this move was said, said by whom? Citation needed probably to come by mutual consent. Mm. Please relegate me. One of those breakups. <laughs> yeah. I think it's best we break up, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, we have got more at well on Propaganda Extra as well. The uh, the members show. We can hear from the man himself. We were saying on, oh, brilliant. on the match ball. We wanted to hear from referees. We can hear we can hear um, Stuart giving an account of himself. In the meantime, let's hear from Dale. Regarding Stuart, well, without wanting to be too libelous, he is the perfect example of why capital punishment um, <laughs> should be brought back. What a complete and utter fuckwit! And Stephen Gerrard needs to learn about what a football game entails. I mean, Michael, you were advocating some prison yeah. uh, vigilante justice. Throwing the, um, <laughs> the boiled kettle over him, full of sugar. Um, but yeah. Don't, don't do that, by the way. That's re- it's really, really dangerous. Yeah, don't, should don't say do that. that. Um, and you, you mentioned that because you'd watched the film with Sean Bean in it. Yeah. Or whatever it was. His prison thing. It's yeah. good. It's a good yeah. programme. Where that happens. So yes. that's why you mentioned it. But don't do that. No. And, and nor, nor should anyone um, send him to the gallows, <laughs> which is what was being advocated there by, by Dale. I mean, it, it might keep him in line I suppose if that if that was um, the threat mm. but no it's um, but he was he was bad I think we can agree on that in fact I, I, this is um, not from not from our feedback in fact but I was looking on wacko.com the uh, League United forum and someone on there had looked at total fouls this weekend across across the league and it, je, je connais je connais yes yeah. um, and there were 19 fouls on average across the, the games this week and in our game 35 um, of which we committed 23 and it was the same ref who did the Chelsea game um, and there were, we only committed 16 fouls in that. Yeah, which was our um, highest amount of fouls. I, mm. From memory, I thought it would be an 18, but 16, 18. And that had been our record so far. So it was a big leap from there to um, what he gave on Sunday. And he was just, he was just rubbish. So the, people have tried to defend him by saying he got, he got all the big calls right and that the, you couldn't argue with any of the, the bookings or the big decisions he made. But it's the decisions he didn't make that were mm. the really annoying ones. The fact that it took, and I'd, I'd touched on it before, how many times Leon Bailey had to transgress before he got a yellow card. Sinistera did two things wrong in the entire match and got sent off. And it's just, that just doesn't work. And in terms of the consistency across games as well, I don't believe the game we watched was so much, was like tw- double the physicality of any of these other games, which it would suggest it was, given the amount of Maybe fouls Maybe they were just shit doing fouls. That was it. Our timing's bad. If you want to do the sneaky fouls, do them better. I mean, I know when you go down to 10 men, there's a, I imagine there's a stat that probably shows you do make more fouls when you're down to 10 men because you're trying to break up play a bit more and stuff. So there's a maybe a slight increase there, but 35. And yeah. in a game where I think the ball was only in play for 51 minutes, I saw, um, I saw as the stat as well. We, we are the lowest in the division by some distance, aren't we? And ball in play doesn't include things like when people are just, goalkeepers are just waiting around with the ball mm. at the feet and stuff. So actually not really in play for all that time because Martinez was spending bloody loads of time in the first half just walking around with he it. He did get told, though, didn't he? He did get told. He went then, over and told him. Did and, he didn't tap his watch. He didn't go for the watch tap this time. And then in the second half, in fairness, Melier was doing it. Every, every cross he caught, he would lay down on the ball and yeah. do that thing. But he told yeah. Melier off for that, um, I think, oh, really quickly, in the first yeah. half. So the first time he'd done it, he went over. And, like, and that was the thing with, um, again, it's about understanding the match and that's where I think Atwell 
let himself down, understanding what Sinistera is doing on the pitch and understanding what the two teams are doing. Because Aston Villa, clearly, Leon Bailey, in the first two minutes, sets out what Villa are going to do. And then the goalkeeper does it and Mings does it and he's having to speak to them. So we all know that's what Aston Villa are doing. Then, but you could see as well, Leeds are taking all the free kicks quickly. We're trying to get the ball into play quickly. It was obvious that there was this disparity between the two teams playing. Which so is Atwell spotted, by the way. But then why, when Melier holds on to the ball for about 10 seconds, is he over there telling him to stop time-wasting? We were, we were not. I think it's because he's an idiot, Moscow. Exactly. We've not even and got well, down and, to 10, 10 men in that time. We're not... An idiot bitch, says Boney M. We're not, an idiot um, bitch. We weren't time-wasting in the match as a team. It was not our intention as a ploy or a tactic. So why Melier needed the same telling off that Martinez got and why Sinistera needed booking as if he'd been doing it the whole first half as well, it just doesn't fit in with understanding the way that the game was um, being played and what the two teams were were trying to do and why well, I told again, you Moscow on the match ball too pure for this division yeah. Melier and Mings and whoever get warnings Sinistera gets books just it don't make any is the way is the way Sinistera chose to slow play down was his problem but then what's yeah exactly that is, it's, 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 a, oh, it's the same he's doing the same thing but his, his method yeah. of doing it was more and that's if obvious, the, I suppose. and that's where it's kind of it's just so ridiculous that if the the player who booted the free kick had booted it straight at him instead of to his right he wouldn't have put his leg out and he wouldn't have been booked mm. so it's just it's and I, you know one's potential because I've been thinking about this a lot if we could go back it's too late to do it now unless we we really want to fuck the game up but if we could go back 150 years to when they're in that Sheffield pub and they're sorting all the rules out if somebody had just gone right next one sin bins are we doing sin bins yes then that would have been perfect for this mm. for these little things to um, sinistera doesn't deserve to miss the whole second half, doesn't deserve to miss the game at Crystal Palace. But you could maybe say, right, that is 10 minutes off the pitch. And it's a sanction because you don't want to be down to 10 players for any amount of time in a Premier League match because Coutinho and uh, Watkins and Leon Bailey and they can bring Buendia on, all these exciting players who Gerard is ruining could potentially hurt you if they had a good manager who would let them. And so you don't want to be without for, for 10 minutes the punishment of an entire half and then a full match the week after is just so far out of kilter with what Sinistera actually did. And then it also, it might give the referee something he could use against Martinez. And imagine Sin binning the goalkeeper for 10 minutes. That'd be amazing, it wouldn't would it? It would be, but it would be probably... <laughs> like keep a rush for a it, bit. And it would be a way of um, cutting it out, but without going as far as, you know, a suspension for a goalkeeper for time-wasting. Make him but take the gloves off for 10 minutes. Mm. Yeah, you know, make it more, just make it a little bit more difficult. Those, uh, those put, put honey on your hands to attract bees. It's just a bag. If so we you have to deal with danger for five minutes. Go back threat, to when the threat uh, of stinging. No, go back to when <laughs> you look confused, Michael. Go back to when the human league and uh, heaven 17 were sorting out the rules of football. Right, listen, um, Sam, I think sums it up well. Says alone in isolation, none of the decisions were particularly bad, but with the context of the entire game, I struggled to come up with an explanation that doesn't leave me sounding like Matt Letizia. It makes you think. Let's get on to Player of the Year then. It, just to throw forward for a bit for a bit more, Stuart Atwell. Oh, him, in in propaganda extra, there is him talking about refereeing, and I think it's quite informative the way right. he, the way he talks about it. You can see how he's you can see what he's trying to do and you can also see where it's gone so badly wrong for right. him. Okay. So if you if you are an Everton fan <laughs> uh, subscribe to us you can listen to that very shortly yeah player of the year then so the, the ratings that we're putting into our spreadsheet which is keeping track of it over the course of the season uh, your top three Aronson 7.09 Adams with 7.17 
and Melier still leading player of the year with 7.13. Interestingly, they're the only three over seven at the minute of an average across mm. the season. It feels like a, that sort of season at the minute, doesn't it? A couple of decent performances and um, the rest of them a bit, a bit so-so, but just sort of ticking along. A season that started well and slid into a relegation battle. But oh. then the one, um, <laughs> the big change oh, Michael. from Brentford is we didn't concede five. Mm-hmm. That was good. And, we didn't concede any. Yeah. And the other thing that was good... And that's better. Um, from a defense, although Melier had a bit of a, a mad game on crosses, he was still as good as ever on shot stopping. But corners, Cooper and Rodrigo were dealing with with all them at the front post really well, so that was looking quite good too. So, if it is taking a little bit of time, if that's the only problem for uh, the fluidity, Villa have, scored, fluidity. Villa, have, Villa have scored twice direct from corners this season as well, haven't they? Well, and I think like we, kicking it straight in the net, kicking it straight in the net, they've done it twice, really. Mm. I think we set up quite well to deal with it because we had both Cooper and uh, Rodrigo at the front post just heading it away, and that'll stop that, won't it? But while we're waiting for the fluidity to click, which I don't know if fluidity can, um, <laughs> yeah, going forward, like if the defense can just not concede five, then um, maybe the answer is just not to play Urente. Right, um, Jesse Marsh is on for a 6.01 out of 10 so far. And if you want to read the full listings, we will be tracking those in the mag across the course of the season as well. And thank you if you bought it, by the way, across the weekend. It's available on sale from the website. We did get um, very good sales. I think people took pity on us because they realised we hadn't been able to sell. Um, Because we got diddled by the forest postponement, didn't we? We did. I mean, being diddled, the Queen died. But if that's the way you want to phrase it... (laughs) I wasn't talking about that specifically. We got done out of our rightful <laughs> day of sales for now. Um, yeah, there was a, a decent reason for it, wasn't yeah. there? But, uh, I mean, if I was coming to that topic again, I might phrase it differently, thinking about that. But thanks to the people who um, who uh, paid £2.50 to buy. Um, I was thinking of effect, effect. Excellent. I was thinking about effect rather than cause, is what I was thinking. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, we've got the the Villa Half of Propaganda to come as well, so we're going to record that next and look out for that in your feeds, video and podcast after this. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustolium's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.